0: This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Last week, we looked at the science of intermittent fasting. We discussed some of the proposed benefits of fasting, and we also looked at why it might be harmful, particularly for women. Now, since I recorded that episode, I actually tried experimenting with a 24-hour fast, which is one method of intermittent fasting that you'll hear about more later in this episode. It was a disaster. (laughs) I chose to fast over a day shift in the ER. Now, I rarely have time to eat on shift anyway, so I thought it would be just fine. It was an 8 a.m. shift, so I ate dinner at about 7 p.m. the night before, and my plan was to not eat again until dinner after my shift. And I did just fine, actually, until about 3 p.m. I drank lots of water. I felt alert and clear and energetic. I did have some waves of hunger come and go, but that's not unusual for me on a shift. But at about 4 p.m., I completely snapped. I mean, I really lost it. I got a hunger headache and all I could focus on was that empty feeling in my stomach. And the only thing I could think about was food, all the food. Now at this point in my shift, I was just sitting down doing charting, which is not the most fun part of my job, but I always finish my charting before I go home. But this time I left it. I just couldn't focus on anything but my need for food. And so here's what happened next. An Italian center had just opened up near the hospital and I decided to go take a peek. And I went straight to the bakery and I bought a box full of pastries And on the way to the till, I picked up a small tray of cheese and I ate all of it on the drive home. Now, I haven't had a binge like that in such a long time. And by the time I got home, I felt so gross and I was bloated and I felt heavy and nauseous and I still had my headache. So I ended up drinking some water, taking a Tylenol and going to bed. And I think I slept for probably 13 hours and I still felt like crap the whole next day too. So I learned that the 24-hour fast is not for me. However, I actually felt fantastic up to the like 19 or 20-hour mark, but anything more than that, I just don't think I can do well. And this was useful for me to learn. And in the days since that experiment, I've been able to sit with my hunger, knowing that I will be just fine if I don't have the chance to eat for another few hours. Now, we're going to talk much more about hunger in next week's episode, But for now, let's dive into today's topic, which is how to determine if fasting is something you want to experiment with and the various ways you can do it safely. So first things first, intermittent fasting is not safe for everyone. So if you have a history of disordered eating, fasting probably isn't a good idea for you. And if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, then it's probably not a great idea either because your body needs a steady supply of nutrients so that you can support your growing baby and produce your breast milk. And in fact, if you're even trying to get pregnant, fasting may not be a great idea. Last week, we talked about how fasting can interrupt your reproductive hormone systems. And now the exception here, of course, is PCOS, where fasting might be helpful, but under the supervision of your doctor, of course. I also don't recommend fasting for children or teenagers unless it's something done under the supervision of your doctor for certain medical conditions. Otherwise, bodies that are constantly growing need a constant supply of nutrients. And so for the same reason, if you're doing intense exercise often, if you're an athlete in training, for example, or if you have a physically demanding job, you also have higher needs for regular fuel for your body. So if this describes you, I definitely recommend talking to your doctor before considering fasting. And then lastly, if you have diabetes or if you have some other chronic disease, I also suggest that you talk to your doctor before making any changes at all to your diet. All right. Now, after talking about the potential harms of fasting in women in terms of reproductive hormones last week, you may be concerned about trying fasting if you happen to live inside a female body. Now, the issue is that female bodies like to defend against nutrient restriction. We talked a little bit about that last week, too. But this, of course, will look different for every woman. So living in a female body doesn't automatically mean you shouldn't do it. All it means is that you have to pay closer attention to what your body is telling you. So if you feel absolutely ravenous with your fasts, for example, or if you notice any change in your period at all, then this is your body telling you that fasting isn't the right approach for you at this stage in your life anyway. Your period is really the canary in the coal mine here. So if you have a uterus and you're currently menstruating, then pay attention to your periods. If they stop or if they change, then stop fasting. But if you feel fantastic and your periods stay the same, then it's likely not causing you any harm. Now there's other things you need to consider before jumping into fasting. There are some skills you'll need. You know, for example, fasting can be an amazing tool for people who struggle with emotional eating because it really teaches you how to recognize your physical hunger and how to sit with that mild discomfort of hunger for a little while rather than just immediately reaching for food. And so you need to be able to calm yourself down and really feel your way through both the experience in your body and also all the thoughts and feelings that come up when you fast. If you're not able to do this, what often happens is that you end up in a binge either during your fast or right after your fast, and binging is never a behavior that's going to get you closer to your goals. And so this is why I suggest you approach fasting as an experiment rather than a hard and fast set of rules to follow. So you try something, you learn a bit about yourself, and then you try again until you find what's working best for your body. Now, this is a skill that's sometimes very hard for us as women trying to lose weight to learn because it takes practice. And practice, of course, takes time. And most of us want our extra weight gone like yesterday. And so we get eager to jump on any plan that might help us lose weight faster. But of course, this approach isn't sustainable. We've all learned that at least a million times. But when you take the time to really figure out what your body wants, losing weight and keeping it off becomes so much easier. And then you can jump right off that diet roller coaster. And the best part is that this is a skill that you can use throughout your life. As your body changes, As you age and as you enter perimenopause and then postmenopause, your body's needs will change too. And you'll be able to adjust to give your body what it needs because you've learned how to listen to it and how to experiment to find what works best. Experimenting like this really increases your awareness. It increases your awareness of how your body communicates with you and also what's going on with your thoughts and your feelings. Because of this, you're able to keep moving forward, and because you're finding the things that make your body feel good, you're also going to feel more confident and empowered and energized on your weight loss journey, rather than feeling defeated and frustrated. So the first step in experimenting with fasting is really just taking the time to understand why you want to experiment with it in the first place. Like, what are your goals here? Is it to lose weight? Or is it to explore your emotional eating or your hunger more? Or is it to stabilize your appetite? Or maybe you're trying to lower your cholesterol or your blood pressure. It's important to know why you're trying fasting so that you're able to evaluate how it's working out for you later. And when you do this, you also want to take a look at your deeper motivations, right? Is there a deeper problem fasting might help you solve? might be a great idea to spend some time journaling about your thoughts around fasting. This is a great opportunity for a good thought download. And take a look at how you're thinking about fasting. Does it sound like a scary and difficult thing for you? Or does it sound intriguing and exciting to you? Just look at the stories you're telling yourself about what fasting means. That can even alone help you give you some insight about your motivations and help you decide if this is something you really want to commit to trying or not. Your mindset around fasting may actually be one factor in determining your success around it. Like for example, if you have the belief that it's healthier to eat at regular intervals or if you truly fear being hungry or that you'll be starving yourself when you fast, then you may be less successful in your experiments with fasting. The same if you believe you'll feel restricted or deprived or if you have a severe case of FOMO around your normal meal times. But if you think fasting might actually help you reach your goals, and if you're more flexible and open-minded about when you eat, then you're more likely to be successful. Now, there's no right or wrong here. This is really just about knowing yourself and gaining that awareness so that you can choose the best path forward for yourself. And then what I want you to do is take a good look at your lifestyle and how your daily life plays out. And this is because some forms of fasting require a significant amount of planning and preparation, and you need to know how that's going to fit into the bigger picture of your life. So take a look at your schedule and decide how much time and attention you really want to devote to this. And we also talked last week about intermittent fasting being a stressor on your body. And now a certain level of stress is good for us, right? But there's a point where too much of it can tip the balance and we lose all the potential benefits of fasting. So take stock of your current stress levels. If you're feeling overwhelmed and burned out, then this may not be the right time to experiment with fasting. So I'm going to give you different ways to experiment with fasting in just a minute. And as you listen to them, try to visualize how they could fit into your current schedule. Notice if there's any big changes you'd have to make to accommodate the fasting. And also notice how it's going to affect your family and the other people around you. It's important to think of all of these things before you start just to give yourself the best chance of success. All right, so here are a few different ways to approach intermittent fasting. I'm going to start with the gentlest, safest options first, and then I'll give you a few more hardcore options to think about as well. So as you listen here, see if anything feels right for you. If it's something that will help you reach your goals And also if it's something that you could realistically fit into your life now without having to make too many big changes to be able to accommodate it. All right, so here we go. The thing that you need to know here is that fasting doesn't have to be extreme to be effective. And so the first method I suggest if you want a gentle introduction to fasting is to simply wait until you're hungry to eat. And then when you do eat, pay attention. And stop when you're just satisfied, not overly full. Now, this is actually the approach I recommend for my clients. And I love it because it's such an excellent way to learn how to really tune into your body and follow its signals. And if you think about it, this is how babies eat, right? They cry when they're hungry, you feed them, and then they stop when they're satisfied. They have no drama around food, and they also haven't yet learned that there are specific times they should be eating. This concept of eating three square meals or afternoon tea or your breakfast snack, right? These are all social constructs. It doesn't mean that your body needs food at these specific times. It just means that our society's rhythms say this is the time to eat. But your body's rhythm may actually be quite different. And when you start paying attention to your hunger signals, you might learn that you aren't actually hungry when lunch hour rolls around, for example, or that you're satisfied after just a few bites. Now, you may be wondering why this is called fasting at all, And the answer is that if you are in the habit of eating three square meals with snacks in between, and then you choose to eat according to hunger instead, chances are you'll be going a longer period of time between meals than what you're used to. And so you're still giving your body's hunger hormones a chance to stabilize. Now, this is a really great option if you're just starting out, learning how to become more aware of your body and your hunger cues. And it's also amazing if you're looking to eat with fewer rules in general. And my clients can all attest to the fact that this approach will help you lose weight too without feeling deprived or restricted. Now, the next option takes this one step further, and that's just to skip a meal every once in a while. Now, when you do this, you're deliberately allowing yourself to get a little hungrier and so you can really dig in and explore how that hunger feels for you and what happens in your body and also what happens to your thoughts and feelings, of course, when you sit with that hunger for a little while. Now, the key here is that it has to be intentional. So this isn't the same as, you know, getting distracted or busy at work and forgetting to eat lunch. No, this means choosing to deliberately skip a specific meal. And this is an intermittent thing, like one or two meals per week maximum, not an everyday thing. And I really love this option too, because you know it's great if you have a crazy busy schedule because it's super flexible, because you can choose a meal to skip that works in the context of your life and your work. And when you skip your meal, what you need to do is take the time to notice how you feel, especially notice if you start thinking about food or if you start thinking about planning a binge or an overeating session. If that happens, go back to experimenting with simply waiting until you're hungry to eat. Now, moving into the more advanced forms of fasting, you can consider what's called the eat-stop-eat protocol, which is essentially the 24-hour fast I experimented with after recording the last episode. So in this protocol, you choose one 24-hour period each week to fast. So you can choose whichever 24-hour protocol you want, and you can start it at any time of the day you want. So you can eat breakfast and then not eat again until the following breakfast, or you can eat supper and then fast until supper again the next day. Totally up to you. And this is another plan that is great if you're super busy because it provides so much flexibility. But if you do this and end up in a pastry binge at the Italian center like I did, then it's probably not the best choice for you. Take it back to waiting until eating until you're hungry and then perhaps flirting with skipping a meal intermittently. But if you feel great on the eat-stop-eat 24-hour fast, you can then take it up another notch and experiment with what we call time-restricted feeding. And this is essentially combining a fasting window with a feeding window every day. So if you've ever heard of the 16-8 protocol, that's an example of time-restricted eating. And what many people do with this is they eat from noon until 8, and that's their 8-hour feeding window. And then they fast from 8 p.m. until noon the next day, and that's their 16-hour fasting window. So you don't have to do it this way, though. You can do it any way you want. You can make your fasting windows as long or as short as you need and at whatever time works best for you and your schedule. But I'll just say, if your goal includes actually achieving a fasted state, which if you remember from the last episode is when your body switches from using food to using stored energy for fuel, then you need to fast for at least 12 hours to achieve that. Note, though, of course, that you could also choose to simply eliminate evening snacking and still likely achieve that 12-hour fasting window. So there are a couple different ways you can approach time-restricted feeding. If you love having a set schedule and not having to think about it, then I recommend creating a protocol for yourself similar to that 16-8 protocol. But if you're like me and prefer to leave some room for spontaneity and flexibility, then you can simply choose to skip a certain meal consistently without worrying so much about the specific times. You know, for example, you can choose to eliminate evening snacking and breakfasts. Both ways are completely effective. And the key is to choose the one that will feel best for you, all things considered. Now, my husband and I actually experimented with the 16-8 protocol a couple of years ago, and we both felt really good on it. But with both of us having shift work and navigating different social and family events, we found it difficult to do it consistently. And I found that I also ended up beating myself up and then feeling very guilty whenever I didn't follow my eating and fasting windows. And that made me miserable. And so My next experiment with this is actually going to be choosing to say no to evening snacking and then breakfast only on days when it makes sense to do so with my clinical schedule. So that is going to be my next experiment with fasting. And so just to summarize here for a second, there's a few ways that you can experiment with fasting, ranging from gentle to more advanced. You've got the waiting to eat until you're physically hungry option, the skip an occasional meal option the eat-stop-eat option, which is your 24-hour fast, and then finally the time-restricted eating option. Now, there's one thing common to all of these approaches, and that's that you have to have a healthy diet during your eating windows. I've heard so many people say that if you're fasting, you can eat whatever the heck you want during your eating window, and that is simply not true. I encourage you to look at your goals, right? Because why are you choosing to experiment with fasting? If your goal is weight loss, for example, I can guarantee you that a diet consisting of regular trips to the bakery at the Italian Center is not going to get you there. And that's also not going to help your cholesterol levels. And I can also tell you it's not going to help you feel more energetic. (laughs) I promise you that the gross feeling that you get in your body after you eat a bunch of junk food doesn't go away just because you're fasting. And in fact, if my experience at the Italian Center the other day holds true, it feels even worse. So remember that even though your body is dining in on your stored energy when you're fasting, your body still needs all the nutrients that come from eating healthy foods. And the other thing that I really want to point out here is that when we're talking about fasting, we're talking about periods of time when you're not eating but it's absolutely essential that you're drinking water during your fasting windows. Our bodies have learned to adapt to periods of both feast and famine. Yes, but we actually don't have the ability to adapt to dehydration. And even minor dehydration can leave you feeling headachey and gross. So be sure to stay hydrated when you're fasting. Okay, so if you've chosen to experiment with intermittent fasting and have picked a protocol to try, how will you know if it's working for you? Well, start by looking at how your body feels. What have you learned about your hunger and your appetite during your experiment? Are you noticing any changes in your digestion, for example? Or how are your energy levels doing? Are you feeling energized and ready to go, or are you feeling sluggish? Also, take a look at how you're sleeping and notice if there's any changes there. And of course, take a look at your menstrual cycles as well. And then also take a look at how you're doing mentally and emotionally. Are you feeling more or less sane around food? And are you still thinking about food all the time? Or are you noticing now that you have a little bit more mental space opening up to think about other things? And are you feeling calm and steady? Or are you feeling more anxious and irritable? And how about how you're functioning in your life day to day? You know, for example, is your thinking feeling clear and crisp? Or are you more on the foggy side when you're fasting? And then, of course, take a look at your goals. Are you making progress towards them? You know, for example, if your goal was to lose weight, is that actually happening? So collect all that data from your experiment with fasting. And if you're feeling amazing and you're making progress towards your goals, then great. Keep doing it. But if it's not working, then make a small change and experiment again. Now don't be tempted to make a big, huge, drastic change because that just tends to result in feeling overwhelmed and sometimes even taking a step backwards. So instead, take a look at making a small change, then try it again for a few weeks and see how you do. The key here is to respect and follow the data. If you listen to your body, you won't go wrong. All right, If you want a little bit more help deciding which protocol may be best for you, head on over to our quiz. There will be a link to that for you in the show note and on the website. I'd love to know if you've been experimenting with intermittent fasting since the last episode, how that's going for you. So hit me up on social media. You can find me at Ways Health on both Facebook and Instagram, or just send me an email at michelle at waysahealth.com. I'd love to hear about your experiences with this. And again, next week, we'll continue the conversation on intermittent fasting by exploring that experience of hunger. We'll talk about what hunger actually means, what it can teach you, and how you can learn to experience it without the hangry coming on. All right. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk again next week.